If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have a great guest today. I'm talking to Stacy Hunky. Stacy is an internationally renowned trainer, speaker, and consultant. She helps individuals and organizations eliminate the static in communication that affects a leader's ability to persuade, sell, and influence a decision or action. Over the course of her career, Stacy has trained more than 15,000 people to conquer their fear of public speaking, get rid of bad body language habits, and re-engineer their mindset so that they are free from the grips of negative self-image. She's worked with many, many organizations over the years, especially a lot of large Fortune 500 companies like Coca-Cola, FedEx, General Mills, Cardinal Health, the US Army and Navy, just to name a few. She's the co-author of a book titled, Yes, You Can, Everything You Need from A to Z to Influence Others to Take Action. And her new book that just came out in February 2017 is titled, Influence Redefined, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday. So with that said, Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's always such an honor to do these. I so appreciate your willingness to share my expertise, my book with your followers. Uh, it's my pleasure to have you. So Stacy, I gave the audience just a little bit of intro about you and it was quite a mouthful, but in your words, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Oh, I thought you did a really good job. <laughs> Giving, giving a little background is the company is 15 years old today, and our expertise, as you list a lot of our clientele, is really helping leaders become more aware of how influential they are rather than maybe what they believe to be true. And we do that through, I have a, a team of instructors here in the States that travel from coast to coast, working with leaders in real in-depth workshops over a period of time. We also, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one mentoring with CEOs. And then I really started the company off 15 years ago, which is what I'm doing still today, is a lot of keynoting, which is a, an actual a real passion of mine because it gives me a chance to get this message out about influence to a, even a wider span of listeners. Mm. So you mentioned you started the company 15 years ago. So what were you doing before you decided to break out on your own? And then what made you so passionate about wanting to become a keynote speaker? Yeah, there's definitely a path there. I started out in radio. I wanted to be the next big broadcaster here in the States. And obviously that did not work out because that's not what I'm doing today. <laughs> so I did radio for a while. And then I had the opportunity to really land some big corporation jobs Target was one of them here in the States, their big retailer. And I did a lot of training, training around a variety of topics that would always come down to profits and sales. And at that point, I had an amazing mentor slash he was my boss that gave me the opportunity to do a lot of research. And we started to do research across the management and leadership levels within our industry to find out what is the biggest gap in leadership. 
And it always came to the ability to communicate. And that's when I went out on a mission. And I really realized that it, it's not about standing up on a stage and, and turning on this level of influence to be able to present. It really is how we show up every day, how we present every day. Long story short, after several stops at large corporations training their leaders, I started to receive calls from clients asking me to come speak at their conferences or come do some mentoring with their leadership. And at a very young age in my career, I decided what do I have to lose? Let me give this a try. I'm going to break out there alone. And at one point, one of my career moves was an MC. Mm. I was hired by a company to introduce speakers at our large events. And I'd sit in the back of the room and try to figure out what, what do listeners really want? And it was practical material. It was material that they could apply. I started to grab onto the shirt tails of these speakers to have them mentor me. Again, I, I was pretty young and I, that's where a lot of it started. The, the passion really comes through that long history of working with so many different individuals, different personalities, industries, levels within organizations to realize that there's a, there's just this big misperception. We really believe that if we feel good, if we know what to say, we are influential, we're effective. And when I, behind closed doors, and I'd sit with these leaders and they'd say to me, I, I don't know how I come across, I, I struggle with getting my message across, yet I'm the CEO, how do I correct that? And that's when I really decided, you know, that there's a niche here. There's a niche for a topic, communication, body language, messaging, that's how I define influence. Mm -hmm. That that's really missing. We just you may have heard the saying before from leaders that it gets lonely at the top. Yeah. When I started to you know, ask questions around, well, what what does that mean? A lot of times they would say, you you get to a point in your career you don't get feedback anymore, and there's this misperception of well you communicate all the time you're you're good at it, mm -hmm. and that just is not the case. Mm. That's in interesting that you mentioned that because I know for someone to get all the way to the top of the executive suite, that means the person is obviously technically skilled and competent at something, whether it's finance, marketing, or something or the other. And we all communicate with our friends, family, and relatives one-on-one. -on -one. So um, it, it really becomes a big challenge when you notice that if you're working and you're leading an organization of a couple hundred people and you cannot relate with them kind of like the same way you relate with people closer to you when you're not in um work and office mode right it, it's it's so true we, there, there's just such a big misperception in the book really is to open people's eyes to say if you're not following the steps that i lay out in the book are you really basing how you come across off of feeling or fact and fact is the perception. It's the reputation that we've created of ourselves. So what's the true definition of influence? Because there's a lot of buzz going around about, you know, the rise of influencer marketing. And most people just believe it's oh, hiring somebody famous like a celebrity and, and, and getting mm -hmm. them to endorse your product or service. But what does influence mean day to day, Monday to Monday, like you put it? You bet. And I break it down into two. The first is that your body language and your messaging is consistent Monday to Monday. That means no one ever has to guess who's showing up. They always know what to expect. Mm. The second part of that definition is you have this ability 
to move people to action long after the interaction has occurred. Now, by those two definitions, you can feel that's going to take discipline, hard work, and focus. And that's mm -hmm. where this influence model in the book comes into play that really gives the reader direction on, well, how do I make that definition part of who I am and make sure that I execute it every day? Uh, now, as you mentioned, um, being consistent Monday to Monday, I'm, I'm because of what's going on in the news and what we're seeing, especially with uh, President Donald Trump. I was, re I remember watching one of the late night comedians this week talking about the three different presidents that came out to speak on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday just this week. So, does that mean that when someone at that higher level is not being consistent day to day, they start to lose influence with people? around them and around the world gradually over time? Oh, I so agree with that. And this is obviously to keep all politics out of opinions, yeah. out of this podcast. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I saw something this morning on the news, and it, it shows that when you're not consistent and you say one thing mm. and then you say another thing a couple of days later or your behavior, we, get, we have to keep in mind that influence is not just your message. Mm -hmm. It truly is how people experience you. Yeah. Those two start to affect your consistency. Mm. It is bound to affect people's trust in you. And trust me is the make or break. If people don't trust you, they're not going to follow you. The more consistent you are, the more authentic you are. And to me, that authenticity allows you to really connect and engage with people on purpose. Authenticity, connecting and engaging on purpose, that also leads up to trust. Yeah. And it can even go beyond the, the working or the polit political world. I, I'd like to get, uh, share an example, and I, I don't recall if it's in the book or not, talking about a lack of consistency. I was at a conference ready to deliver a keynote and I'm sitting in the audience next to the CEO, the CFO, it was all the top leaders of this organization, huge sales conference. The CEO gets on stage and he's kicking off the program. He's motivating the group while he's up in front on stage of his people. Mm -hmm. The CFO off to my right is on her email. She is buried in her phone. She's catching email. My thought was she's sitting in the front row. Everyone sees her. Really? Yeah. Well, get this. The CEO comes off the stage. He passes the lavalier microphone onto the CFO. She's up on stage. Her conclusion to kicking off the program was how critical this program is. We're here for a week. We're investing in you. Therefore, shut off all your technical gadgets and be present. Mm. As I hear her saying that, I'm thinking, <laughs> here's a prime example of who's going to take you serious, anyone that saw you on your phone when the CEO of all people were up there. I'm guessing our readers or your listeners right now are probably smiling. I, I would yeah. bet everyone who's listening to this podcast can think of someone that comes to mind that you're, you're guessing every day who's going to show up. Yeah. And that, that is that is so true. So I know uh, you're talking about leaders now, but what about people that are more junior in the organization, for example? Like, take, for example, a lot of the listeners of this show are millennials, and millennials are either early in their career or mid-level in their career, and they may not have the respect of um, people that much older than them, especially in the hierarchy. So how can they become more influential in their communication with their bosses and their leaders? 
Mm-hmm. I think the the methodologies in throughout the book apply to anyone, no matter where you are in your career, because your name is always on everything that you do. We're all yeah. creating reputations. Yeah. I do have millennials that enter the workforce or even senior leaders. I had one call me yesterday that's walking into a brand new role. And no matter what title or position people have, they really should at least give thought to well, how are people going to respond to you is really based on how they experience you. And it's giving focus and thought to how do you show up? Are you proud on how you show up? Uh, millennials, I know right now, are getting a lot of fingers pointed to them on, you know, how they they don't communicate the way we need them to, which I, I kind of laugh at because I'm an XY. Mm-hmm. If you want to put titles on it, I remember <laughs> when I was coming into the workforce, everyone was pointing the fingers at my generation saying, learn how to communicate with them. I think we need to just take a step back as millennials, boomers, X, Y, whatever your generation is, when it comes to influence, it's really making sure that how you're communicating with someone, whether that's an email, a Skype call like we're doing today, or a face-to-face conversation is instead of just shooting off an email or a text message, take a step back and make sure that the message medium is the right medium to grab this person's attention and to start influencing them to act on your recommendation. Mm. So whether you're a millennial, you're a leader, you've been around for a while, I really think that we live in this new world of work called noise. There's so many messages that are thrown at us throughout the day, no matter what your generation is, it's that much harder to stand out, both yeah. you and your message. Yeah. And what about the big thing about communication is, especially when it comes to times of crisis. You mm. understand? Because, you know, when crisis hits, emotions run high, uh, people might not be acting in a way that might be best for the overall organization. They might be acting more of self-interest. So how can people better communicate in times of crisis? I'm going to break it down into three. The first is say less. Use the power of the pause to really be listening to what's the issue behind what someone's saying to you. Because sometimes individuals will, you know, throw a challenge at you or an objection, but what they're saying to you isn't really the real issue. I call it identifying your listeners, listeners, known unspoken what are they telling you but not telling you and without pausing you can't do that pause to me is absolutely critical in high stakes uh, crucial conversations because the more we speak perhaps the more we can frustrate and in some cases your listeners they just want to be heard they want you to be able to hear them i've speaking from experience when i add the pauses i say less suddenly their anger comes down and at least now we can have a conversation whether they're angry or not right that the crisis situation doesn't mean that they're angry mm-hmm. it's using the pause to really think through what's really happening what do i need to say what direction do we need to take and that that's that action number 2 is be so careful of your body language that i'm going to use a leader example if you're the leader in this crisis conversation Showing it in your body language that you're really panicky, you're freaked out, you're scared is probably the worst thing you can do. And that's where I think more than ever your body language needs to 
really be consistent with your messaging. Number three is make sure how you communicate the messages that you share resonate with your listeners. You're using words that they understand. Uh, do you have to tone down the energy level because higher energy coming from you is really going to make them panic? Yeah. This would be the top three. And I would bet most of us, we don't think of those. Most of us think about, all right, we have to get through this. We have to find a solution. I just need to make sure I've got the message out there. There's so much more that needs to be dissected. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, that with that said, in a crisis situation, um, in organizations where all people, you know, people have different personality traits and p different um, attitudes and habits. And looking at it from the, I'll just break it down into two, the introvert and the extroverted side, you know, a lot of people see leaders and the best communicators as extroverts. And when extroverts are communicating, you know, they're high energy, they're boisterous, you know, they're, they're kind of loud. And it sometimes puts off um, introverts and vice versa. When introverts are communicating, it seems kind of dull and slow and doesn't really ginger the extroverts up to action. So in those situations, you know, how can someone... Um, learn to take advantage of their natural energy or their natural vibration so that they can communicate effectively regardless of um, what their natural personality type is? I think they, in, in that case, more than not, is if I'm an introvert communicating with an extrovert or vice versa, I want to be really ultra sensitive to that. I'm very much of an extrovert. I know that there's no surprise there. And if I'm communicating with an introvert, I, I back off my energy. I'm very selective to my word choice that it doesn't come across as, whoa, this woman is crazy. She is way too high energy. Because to an introvert, an extrovert can really come across as boisterous, can come across as arrogant. Now let's switch it. An introvert communicating with an extrovert, I probably have to bring some energy to it. Yeah. I might need to socialize more with that extrovert because the introvert could come across as they don't care. They're really not interested. Now, again, I'm generalizing here. I know this does not put a stamp on anyone's forehead. Mm -hmm. Take a step back and really understand who you're, who you're talking to. And when you don't know, maybe there's questions about you don't know how they like to be communicated. Let them take the lead and really sit back with those pauses to pay attention to their body language. Do they have a lot of energy? Then maybe you need a little bit more. If they don't, tone it down. But again, we, we I think we get caught up in our own head. We yeah. get so caught up in our message and what we want. And in the book, I talk one of the skill sets elements of influence is adaptability. That's an entire chapter in the book mm. of how do you adapt your message and your style to make sure that your message and style doesn't become a distraction to your listener, but it's an enhancement. It encourages them and attracts them to at least listen, understand, to make that determination of whether they want to be influenced by you. When you're speaking, you are talking about body language. And being an effective communicator means, you know, you have to have your physical, your emotional, your mental resources, you know, fully charged and present. And sometimes as a leader, you know, you have long work hours, you have lots of meetings, you have several things pulling up at you all at once. How can we um, 
Well, I, well, I say learn how to improve ourselves holistically so that we can be able to maintain that influence and that's that energy we need to be effective communications all the time. I'm going to go to the, there's an influence model in the book. I think this is a great place for the reader when they pick up the book to, to look at. There's three drivers, okay. three drivers that I believe need to be constant. And this is just through the research that I've done over the years. The first, I want our, re, our listeners to imagine a triangle right now. Mm-hmm. And on the left hand side of that triangle is feedback. Feedback is flawed. So many times when we ask, how did I do? You get the response, good, nice job. Well, that's not feedback. And if we're not getting getting and receiving and acting on meaningful, specific feedback, you're just going to go off of what you know to be true. That's the very first step is today, not someday, but today, start asking for feedback and prepare for it. I'll, I'll give you an example. If you and I were going into a meeting or prior to today's Skype call, I may say to you, here's what I'm working on or here's how I want to come across. Would you listen for that? And then afterwards, let's spend five minutes and would you give me feedback? That's prepared feedback. And you can do that before you go to a meeting. You could do that at a lunch meeting. On the right-hand side of the triangle is practice. Now, I'm not talking about any practice. Deliberate. Are you deliberately thinking about your pauses, thinking about your word choice, thinking about are you looking at people when you are speaking constantly? It's practicing during our day-to-day conversations every day. What makes that tough is what is common sense is not common practice. We believe we've got great eye contact. But I challenge that based on how I teach it in the book. Finally, on the bottom, the bottom of that triangle to wrap up those three drivers is accountability. This one to me is huge. I want to, I want to give our listeners some ideas here. I have numerous accountability partners in my life. Every Friday, one of them, I drop an email and I share with her what I promised. Another accountability partner are my sisters. My sisters are actually part of Stacy Hunky Inc. They're a good target. I encourage anyone, family members are great at giving you feedback. They'll never hold back. Mm. (laughs) I'll have my sister. She'll come on a conference call with me or a sales call with me and be a silent observer. I share with her what I want feedback on. And then afterwards, she gives me feedback. If you saw my computer monitor right now, it is filled with post-it notes. And it's all (laughs) feedback for me to constantly work on. Uh, FaceTime. I mean, we've we've got the technology now to literally have someone give us feedback during a conversation. Yeah. Those three those three drivers. I think without those, ah, it just influence cannot occur. And once mm. those three drivers are working for you, I want to give you one more because if there's one only one action step that your listeners take from this call today, it is increase your self awareness by video and audio recording yourself today. Mm. And I know that's a, that's a big part of your your work because I looked at your website and all your team and mm-hmm. and you yourself you focus tremendously on using video in your training programs with your with your clients. So why why tell tell me a little bit more about why video is so powerful. Oh, if I, if we are not video recording ourselves or even audio recording ourselves, we are making guesses. We're making guesses on, well, if I feel good, I must come across good. We have no idea how our listeners experience us until we can experience ourselves through their eyes and through their ears. And we've, we've got the technology to do it. I record myself a lot on my smartphone when I'm on a call. I don't record my clients without their permission. I record myself. 
what will happen with that process is once you see yourself where our worst and our best critics, critics, you'll make changes. Then I, I record myself monthly, my team, they have to record themselves monthly for their continuous development. And we joke about it because you'll accomplish one skill to enhance how you come across. The next month I watch myself on video, I think, oh, where did I pick up that habit? Influence Monday to Monday, it's a lifelong process. The videotaping is the easiest way to make changes. And as we start to wrap up and wind down the show, I want to transition to asking you some more personal questions because I know we could sit on this topic for for hours and hours and just get in the nitty-gritty, but uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So um, I'll just direct this to you as an entrepreneur and as a, and a team leader. What's the f- most frustrating thing about being an entrepreneur, in your opinion? Just one. (laughs) And I think this ties to this ties to the work that we do. The most frustrating is the lack of respect people have. I'm a big believer that influence is not just us having a conversation today and how you hear me, how I hear you. Mm -hmm. Influence is also, do you follow through? Do you follow through on your promises? Mm. And that's what I mean by lack of respect. And it, it, it drives me crazy because I'm thinking how you behave every day or the emails that you send. Do you follow up? Do you not follow up? Do you show on t- up on time like you promised? That Those are such easy skills. My, my father always said to my sisters and I, if you show up on time and you follow through on what you promise, you will always be the top 1%. I remember when he shared that with me, I thought, oh, that seems really easy. I can do that. That's that's not too hard. Yeah. And, and it's it's respecting people's time. It's such common sense, basic behaviors that I think people violate that they don't realize that's such a strong reputation of who you are. Yeah. And it also determines whether or not people want to build a relationship with you. Yeah. Oh, that's very powerful stuff. So simple and yet so um, highly overlooked by people. I, I, I really want to wonder sometimes uh, why sometimes some of the, the best business advice or the best words of wisdom are just very simple common sense <laughs> advice, but yet they're so difficult to implement and to take action on. Isn't that true? That that triggered, your comment triggered a thought, a great resource, another resource for your listeners. I've been following, his name is John Addison. He's here in the States. He's the CEO of Prime America. And one of his recent publications is titled, his book is Real Leadership. Throughout his book, he talks about his journey, his journey of how he managed to become a CEO through our bad economy of 2008 through 2010. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his book is all about how leadership is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. His One of his most famous quotes, more popular quotes in his book states, leaders or individuals, sorry, your listeners, leaders, excuse me, I keep saying leaders, your followers, <laughs> people don't follow you because of what you say. They follow you because of who you are and what you do. And it goes back to your comment. I think the, the things that are so common sense in our life are the most difficult to do 
And that's why not everyone does those. Yeah, yeah. And speaking speaking of recession, um, I'm just curious, you know, during the 2008-2009 recession, when companies were closing and things were really bad across the globe, um, what was your experience life like um, running your company during that tough, challenging time? Yeah, you know, I, it was an interesting time and one that really saved us because I learned early on in my business to not focus on one particular niche industry. Mm. Now, I know there's speakers out there, there's business owners out there that will totally disagree with that and everyone chooses their, their journey differently. What saved us, though, we did not feel an impact of that economy. It really is tied to the fact that my client base was so vast. When we had clients that didn't call us for two, three years, we had other clients based on their industry that were strong during that time. Uh-huh. And that really was a saving grace. That probably was the best business decision I had made starting this company very early on. Wow. That's, that, that's very interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, so for looking, looking back on your experience thus far, if you could go back in time to when you first started out, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? Before I even started the business and I was working in the corporate world, I would have taken advantage of more coaching that the companies were offering. I would have taken advantage of more training that the companies were offering internal. I always tell my participants, these large companies that bring us in, they have such robust training and so many take advantage of it. They don't take it serious. They, they come and go as they please. And I'm always telling them, you do realize this is free education. <laughs> you are being educated for free. Take it and run with it. That would be, that would be the one thing that I would really, really make a big change with. And for people that want to follow in your footsteps, because you, you, you're a highly successful entrepreneur, highly successful consultant, keynote speaker. You work with so many blue chip companies. For someone that is looking at you and saying, man, I wish I could be Stacy in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What, what would you advise that person to, to do or to start working on? You bet. Definitely work on your communication skills. I was very fortunate. I had some amazing coaches in my life before I broke away. That communication broke through a lot of negotiations, got people picking up their calls. That would be number one. Number two, be so clear and focused on what you really want to accomplish and who your audience is. Make sure that is there. And I didn't have that. I really struggled with that the first three years. Number three, be once that's clear that has to be a passion because you will never work so hard in your life that you gotta and i know everyone says this you really do have to love it because there's things about my day that are just not fun and i'm not happy they're they're really cutthroat but there's not really even you even me, yes, I'm <laughs> laughing when you said you're, you know, everyone wants to be you. But there, there's things that about running a business I still struggle with. I, I'm not a big fan of them. The key is those are minimal based on how much of my day-to-day I do enjoy doing it. And that's because I'm very clear on the work. And I'm very passionate about the topic that we discuss with clients. And I know that it works. 
So there has to be that heavier balance of what you love because there's going to be things about running a business that you're not going to want to do. Yeah. My business coach always says to me, he goes, Stacy, learn to enjoy the suck and just do the suck because no one else wants to do it. Yeah. And I th- and I think one thing I've pulled from our conversation thus far is that you've you've latched onto a lot of men. You just mentioned you have a business coach and you had so many mentors while you were starting out and learning. And I think that's one thing that you know you you may not uh, actively be cognizant of that, but a lot of people need to be aware of the fact that you know success leaves clues. And for you to be able to follow follow in the footsteps of a successful person, you have to get a coach. You have to get somebody to mentor you. Um, Tom Brady doesn't become Tom Brady overnight without a couple coaches to help him be Tom Brady, you know? That that is key. I mean, I really I have an amazing and amazing team that supports me every day and vice versa. I have several coaches in my life and I I'm so blessed for them every day. And I always I always tell them I cannot do this business now without those resources. Maybe that's an addition to add to my previous answer is before you break away really make sure you've got a solid support system. And a lot of that will be coaches, mentors, because one thing that had happened when I broke away from the corporate world, a lot of people say a lot of negative things. Mm. You're crazy to start that. You're leaving, you're going to leave the benefits of a corporate world. Well, now we know over the years, as, as I've been doing this for 15 years, a lot of my friends have been let go, laid off many, many times. I feel a lot safer in the world that I live <laughs> and, and in the corporate world. But you you got to really be strong to your what you want to want to do because there will be naysayers. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to it gets lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you've got some strong resources to take you there. Mm. And um, my last question for the day before I let you go is um, – for young people that are just um, graduating or even thinking of transitioning out of corporate, what is your one big piece of advice or big takeaway that you'd want to share mm-hmm. with those people? Yes. Be humble and kind. Be kind to everyone you meet. Keep track of everyone you meet because you never know when you're going to need that network. Nice. And Stacy, where can people learn more about you and get the book, Influence Redefined? Thank you for asking. The best place is right on our website. There's so many resources on there for people to latch on to. The website is Stacy with an E-Y, H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C dot com. And uh, are you available or are you active on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? You got it. We definitely are on all of those. And when they go to our listeners, go to our website homepage, the upper left hand corner are all of those social media icons. It's a great place to get resources from us every single day. Great. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Well, Stacey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show to share a little bit about your experience, your background, and the work you do to help business leaders become effective communicators. Thank you. I am so honored. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, 
Go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.